Stay in the know with Radio 2000 Podcast. It's still Women's Month and we will continue celebrating women that are doing extraordinary things in extraordinary spaces. And one of them is Offense Bizzo, uh, Bizze rather, who is the first black South African woman to both conduct and own an all-black orchestra. Offense, hi girl. Hey, how are you doing? I am fantastic. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I mean, just uh, very tired. Of, you know, there's a lot of preparations and there's a lot of music to get through. But other than that, I'm doing really well. You recently became the first black woman in South Africa to conduct an all-black orchestra, which you also own. What was that experience like? And I know it's very difficult to be the first black anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, that title actually of being, you know, the first young black female conductor to to basically own and conduct an all-black orchestra is a title I got when I did uh, a show with Judith Puma in 2019, yeah. The Power of Dreams. So it was a surprise because, you know, when I started Anchor Sound, the whole idea was really to give back to young people from the disenfranchised parts of Gatlehong, Soweto, Timbisa. So I, I found out when you guys found out that I, I was actually the first. <laughs> so, you know, and then after that, it, it, there was that whole exercise of having to really rise up to that occasion because mm. it became a lot of pressure. I mean, when you look at orchestras, it's not really an, an, an easy job to do. So I really had to make sure that I, I, I polished before I shined. Yeah. Take us through your love for music. I know you are from Pretoria, um, where your family was very active in the Salvation Army. Mm. So, I mean, my, my love for music, I should say it really comes <clears throat> as a gift. So my grandfather, Otopiti, was a trumpeter in his time, and he was... Um, you know, gigging and doing shows and all of these things with the likes of Hima Sikela, you know, and he was going to Kipi, Sophia Town. So I should think that there was someone who had to take it um, in one of my cousins. So I was the one who actually became the one who really takes the gift. But then growing up in the Salvation Army and seeing the brass band, I really fell in love with seeing that very, you know, like, I mean, with, with the army band, you can you can imagine how inspirational it is. Mm. Because there's a lot of discipline as well. So mm. I saw that as a young girl and I aspired to actually join the band. So um, at age 12, I, I, I was taught how to play the trumpet. And then moving from the trumpet, there were various other instruments that I learned how to play. And so my love for music and my understanding of, of music and being able to read music as well really started at the Salvation Army. Tell us about Anchored Sound. I love the name. I just think it's so, <laughs> it just sounds so right. How did yeah. it come about and, and how many members does it comprise of? So, so the name of Anchored Sound, because, you know, the, the initial idea of, of Anchor Sound really started from church, right? So I called a, a few of my, my friends who were in the choir and I was like, hey, let's actually meet on Saturday, which is my birthday. Um, and I was like, let's meet on Saturday. And I called um, my pianist friend, Yonel Amnana, and I was like, let's actually just meet on Saturday and then just jam. So we were literally just jamming at the piano and these voices. And then I was like, okay, there's more to this than just us, you know, just jamming. And the idea of, okay, what is it that we're doing? And I think there was something about um, Christ being the anchor. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then there's also a, a technique in music where you actually have to anchor your breath. And I was like, okay, step two. <laughs> and then I was like, actually, it would be really cool like, um, to have something like that. And an anchor is something that is, is immovable. It cannot move yeah. um, any, any, any object if there's an anchor. So those were really the three things. And I was like, okay, anchored sound. And that it's really stuck. It really just stuck. 
Mm. And what does it take to own an orchestra? Because that space is just, you know, a lot of black people don't really know uh, or are not familiar with that space. What does it take to own an orchestra? Well, it, it really takes, because my, my approach to all of this, I, I looked at it as a business, right? Because I didn't just want it to be something that we, we do for enjoyment. So I, I, I headhunted, not even headhunted, I was borrowing a lot of business people on Instagram, mm. inboxing them, letting them know that, hey, this is who I am, this is what I want to do. And, and these people, you know, these individuals owned um, initiatives or organizations um, surrounding youth and art. So they really helped me in structuring what, and could sound should be that it should be like, and the thing that they would always say to me is, "Offense, you have to look at this as as a business." So hence, mm. the only part of it comes from having to register it and having to have like a like a founding document of of sorts, like a concept document. So having an idea of okay, what what do I envision this to be, and what is the ten year plan? You know, because I always speak about the ultimate dream is to perform at the Sydney Opera House dressed in oh, Mikosa. Stunning. So obviously before getting there, there has to be a plan, like a really solid plan. So I, I should say that really is what it takes to own and um, sort of like manage this orchestra. And also the great thing is um, I have... Um, I get mentored by amazing, um, phenomenal individuals who are leaders. So the other thing that people don't understand about conducting is it's leadership. It's mm. leadership first yes. and music after. Yes. So because of uh, me, me understanding that, I understand that I have to ensure that beyond just me understanding the music, I have to be able to lead this 26-member choir and then there's this 45-piece orchestra. Mm. You're also yeah. an architect, which <laughs> which is <laughs> so, so really strange, cool. right? And it's mm-hmm. so cool as well because architect and music, you don't think there's like a link there. Um, yeah. How important is representation for you and everything you're involved in so that the next generation is inspired by mm. seeing you uh, do the things in both the architecture space as well as the orchestra space. You know, I mean, can I just tell you something really phenomenal about the pairing of the two? Yeah. Um, so I really approach everything in music as I would in architecture. So really? So there are certain principles in architecture like they balance, there's texture, there is harmony, um, you know, there's the way in which you enter a space, how you exit a space. So in the same way as you would look at a score or an opera, wow. how you, you sort of like approach that, how you start the song. Obviously in the operas, in the operatic world, there's acts like these acts one, act two, act three. So in the different acts, there's different textures and colors and these different techniques. So to be quite honest, I literally look at music as though it were architecture. And I guess that's what makes it unique because <laughs> I look at it as though I'm, I'm, I'm approaching architecture. So everything that I've learned in architecture, I honestly use it in, in, in music. So the two worlds are not really as far-fetched. And really? I mean, looking at architecture, it's really about building and designing and um, also problem-solving because if something happens on site and um, it's, it's a structural issue, you have to come as the architect and come up with a solution. So the same thing with music is you're constantly having to problem-solve. If something does not go right, if a soloist um, is feeling sick today, what do we do? So it's, it's, it's a really poetic pairing of the two worlds. Which 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 I have really loved. I think that really is my secret of how I'm able to make it work. Yeah. Now I'd yeah. love for you to take us through your relationship with the country's leading conductors, Utami Zunga, as well as uh, Gerben Khroetin, who are playing mm. a pivotal role in your growth. How did mm. you meet them, by the way? 
you know, I mean, the, the the interaction between myself and you know Mr. Zungu and 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 Mr. Corbin Gutin was again. I I'm a person who bothers a lot of people online, especially when it comes to anchored sound. Um, because there's, there's certain things that needed advice that I was like, okay, how do I go about this? So the same thing was with Mr. Zhu. I inboxed him. I believe this is on Facebook. I told him who I am, who I, you know, where I come from, what my dream is. And he was like, okay, come to TUT. Let's have a conversation. And I went to TUT Pretoria, had this conversation. I told him that I have this huge interest in African you know, um, orchestrations and arrangements, and he was like, okay, perfect, I will teach you. So he was my first line of contact. Mm. And then moving from there, then went to Herman Gruten, and the, the interesting thing about Herman is that he's um, originally from Europe, from Holland, right? Mm. So, and he was the assistant to my conducting hero, um, Claudio Abado, Abado of, of the Berlin Philharmonic. So it was so, it was so spiritual to have him teach me because I'm like, but you literally were also taught by my, my, my conducting hero. So he taught me everything that I know. And the, the, the nice thing about Corbin as well is that there were no gender roles. So he never looked at me as a girl wow. and said, you know what, I'm only going to give you like the baby scores um, to do. We went hard. We went to Tchaikovsky. We went to um, Mozart. So the difficult pieces that destroy a lot of careers, if you don't know what you're doing, yeah. he was like, I'm going to teach you everything that I know. So, yeah, and, and the most impactful thing he once mentioned to me was like, offense, it actually takes 10 years for you to be a great or a good enough conductor. So you still have a lot of time, mm. to, you know, a bit of time. So that also keeps me humble in, in my journey to know that I still, I'm, I'm, I still have to learn and I'm ever evolving. The 3rd of September is a big day for you. You're doing mm-hmm. something exciting and groundbreaking alongside Usan El Musician. Tell us more about that. So, so it's going to be the second of September, yes, the Friday. Oh, actually. the second, okay. So, so um, this is a program um, of uh, you know um, the the music in Africa live and baseline live at the Lyric Theatre. So I'll be doing this amazing set with Sanel musician, and I mean, if you have listened to Sanel musician, yeah. like his music is He's all incredible. of most of his music is like a prayer, it's mm. like an offering, mm. especially when you listen to the the likes of Ubu Magmanga, um, Kama Tasunini. So. I'm just really trying to come up and sort of like elevate his music as, 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 um, you know, from a symphonic sound and then pairing the two worlds coming from, you know, this very philharmonic side and then pairing it with this electro house, um, side of San Al. So, I mean, we've been preparing a very beautiful set. We, we, we actually finalized the entire set and we are arranging it so that people, um, actually transcend with us because that's the whole idea. Yeah of it. It's, it's really want to, to ensure that the audience transcends with us in this musical um, offering. So that will be happening on the 2nd of September at the Lyric Theatre. Please make sure that you come through, you get your tickets, and make sure to greet me actually after the show. <laughs> Thank you so yes. much for your time. You sound like someone who's very approachable. I can imagine a lot of oh, people who are going to attend this beautiful yes. music Let's experience sure they see me. and take selfies as well and post on social yes. media, right? Yes. Where do people yeah. find you on social media? So, I mean, on all social media platforms, I'm Offensive BT. So, Instagram, Offensive underscore BT. Um, Twitter, Offensive underscore underscore BT. Uh, Facebook, I have a page as well, Offensive BT. And LinkedIn, I am there as well as Offensive BT. So, basically, all the major platforms, I'm there. I'm just 
still trying to figure out TikTok, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, very, I'm very much accessible on all the other platforms. Offensive, thank you so much for your time. You were absolutely amazing. And all the best. The 2nd of September, big day. And I hope that, and I know, not even hope, I know that everything is going to go well. Thank you so much for your time. My queen. <laughs> Thank you. That's Offensa Pizzi, who is the first black South African woman to both conduct and own an all-black orchestra called Anchored Sound. Radio 2000 Podcast.